Good evening and welcome to Quotes Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chahan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. Starting with an update from the Supreme Court special bench hearing the applications seeking reconsideration of its Vijay Madan Lal Chaudhary ruling which upheld the powers of Directorate of Enforcement pertaining to arrest, search and seizure. The Supreme Court today dissolved the bench constituted. After the union government sought for more time, the special bench comprising Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul, Sanjeev Khanna and Bela M. Trivedi decided to defer the hearing in view of retirement of Justice Kaul next month. The bench requested the Chief Justice of India to constitute another bench to hear the matter. The next posting for which will be in two months. Yesterday, the special bench had begun hearing challenge against interpretation of Prevention of Money Laundering Act based on the Vijay Madanlal Chaudhary judgment. After the petitioner's side completed their arguments today afternoon, Solicitor General of India Tushar Mehta requested that he be allowed to commence his submissions on another day, citing the complexity of the issues involved. Senior Advocate Kapil Sibyl vocally opposed such a deferment. Justice Call did agree to adjourn the hearing but said that he was doing the same with a heavy heart. The Supreme Court today gave the Chief Secretaries of Defaulting States and Union Territories a final chance to comply its order in All India Judges Association versus Union of India matter in which the Apex Court had provided a timeline for the centre and states to pay retired judicial officers pension as per the enhanced pay scale recommended by the second National Judicial Pay Commission. The commission was constituted by the Apex Court in 2017 for reviewing the pay scale and other conditions of judicial officers belonging to the subordinate judiciary all over the country. The Supreme Court had ordered for implementation of the enhanced pay scale as recommended by the Second National Judicial Pay Commission with effect from 1st January 2016. The bench of then Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramanna, Justices Krishna Murari and Hima Kohli had also directed Centre and the States to pay the arrears to the officers in three installments by 30th June this year. In May, the court had directed for all states and union territories to file a compliance affidavit underlining their compliance with its earlier orders by 30th of July. Today, the bench comprising CJI Chandrachur, Justices J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra stated that it was prima facie of the view that despite the directions of the court, certain states and union territories had not complied with the same wholly or partly and practiced willful breach and non-compliance of the orders of the court. This warranted contempt action against them. While granting one last opportunity of compliance, the court directed for the same to be effected by 8th December, failing which chief secretaries of all default states and union territories shall personally remain present before the court. The court also highlighted that the compliance with its order meant actual crediting of the amount payable to each judicial officer. In another update, lawyer Utkarsh Saxena and his partner Ananya Koti have filed a review petition in the Supreme Court against the judgment in Supriyo versus Union of India, which refused to legalize same-sex marriages. They were petitioners in the case that was decided in October this year by a five-judge bench. There are various grounds mentioned for review. 
Some of these are first that majority judgment fundamentally mischaracterizes the petitioner's case. According to them, it answers a question that was never asked, that is whether there exists an abstract right to marry or not, but fails to answer the question that was actually asked, which is whether queer couples can be excluded from a legal regime purely on the basis of their sexual orientation. Second, that the majority opinion has made a crucial factual error by holding that the Special Marriage Act is limited to couples belonging to different faiths. As the act is open to all couples who do not wish to avail their respective personal laws in order to get married. Further, review petitioners argue that the majority also erred in denying adoption rights to same-sex couples. The court denied queer couples the right to adopt because queer marriages are not recognized and adoption regulations presuppose existence of a valid marriage. The petitioners have pointed out that court already held that existing legal regime amounts to unconstitutional discrimination against queer couples and then declined to act upon it. Today, CJI Chandrachud agreed to consider the request made by some of the petitioners for an open court hearing of the review. And the review petitions are listed on 28th November. You already know that a review petition was previously filed by four petitioners faulting the judgment for not affording any legal protection to queer couples, despite acknowledging the discrimination faced by them. The Supreme Court has directed filing of relevant regulations in an appeal against Telecom Appellate Tribunal's decision of 2012, which quashed the cap of 200 text messages per day. A bench comprising Justices P.S. Narsimha and Sandeep Mehta was hearing an appeal filed by the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India, that is TRI, in 2012. The restriction of 200 text messages per day was imposed by TRI as part of its stringent telecom commercial communications customer preference regulations. The object was to prevent unsolicited commercial communications and respite from pesky marketing calls and SMS. The petition here was filed by Yuva Sena President Aditya Thakare. Before the tribunal, Thakare contended that sending of SMSs being a mode of communication, any cap would be contrary to the fundamental freedom of speech and expression. On the contrary, Tri argued that right of privacy of other citizens as under Article 21 will instead prevail over the right of freedom of speech and expression as contended by Thakre. In 2012, the tribunal observed that to prevent illegal telemarketing restrictions on genuine users of SMS services cannot be imposed. Apart from this, the tribunal observed that the telemarketers are required to be registered. The tribunal also delved into the aspect of right to privacy and categorically held that number of messages cannot be restricted in the name of privacy. Against this decision, TRI then moved to the top court, which in turn issued notice to the instant appeal while also staying this order. Additionally, it may also be noted that in the same year, the Delhi High Court in its decision taken in the case Telecom Watchdog versus Union of India had held that the impugned regulations were unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has upheld the conviction of a convict for the offence of murder under Indian Penal Code after carefully considering the impact of intoxication on him at the time of the incident. 
The Supreme Court bench comprising Justices Abhay S. Oak and Justice Pankaj Mithal was hearing an appeal against the Allahabad High Court judgment which upheld the conviction of the appellant in this case. In appeal, the Supreme Court began by referring to Section 86 of IPC which deals with offences committed by a person under the influence of intoxication. As you know, there are two essentials for the same. First, that the intoxication should be involuntary and second, the level of intoxication should be such that it incapacitates or disables the person from understanding the nature of the act he is committing. In the present case, the court noted that despite being heavily intoxicated, the appellant was able to walk properly and even moved away 15 to 20 steps from the quarrel scene before returning to fire the fatal shot. The court concluded that there was no evidence indicating his incapacity to understand the consequences of his actions due to intoxication. Therefore, the court upheld the order of High Court in confirming the conviction and punishing the appellant for murder under IPC. During COVID-19 pandemic, the Supreme Court had allowed service of notices, summons and pleadings etc. via email, fax and telemessenger services such as WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal etc. Taking note of the difficulties for physical service of summons due to lockdown and the pandemic at that time. Electronic methods used to effect summons are more convenient and effective in locating persons who deliberately try to avoid the service. In this regard, Kerala government has notified the Code of Criminal Procedure Kerala Second Amendment Act of 2023, which provides for summons to be served electronically in addition to the other modes. The bill was sought to be introduced as a result of the directions of the Apex Court. In another update, pecuniary jurisdiction of cases before Bombay City Civil Court has been increased. So now all suits valued up to rupees 10 crore will be heard by the Bombay City Civil Court. This is a jump from its current pecuniary jurisdiction of 1 crore. A notification in the official gazette was published after it received the governor's assent on 20th November, amending section 3 of the Bombay City Civil Court Act. The objects of the bill are that over the period of more than 10 years, the value of properties in Mumbai has escalated sharply. Due to this sharp escalation in the value of properties, the valuation of civil suits relating to properties in Mumbai have also been increased, resulting in filing of more suits in the High Court instead of Bombay City Civil Court. So, the pecuniary jurisdiction of the city civil courts has been increased in order to reduce the burden of cases on the Bombay High Court. The amendment will result in transfer of over 8,672 civil suits pending before the High Court to the Bombay City Civil Court. And lastly, the Kerala High Court has refused to allow a plea seeking direction to the government to settle a dispute pertaining to unified mass at St. Mary's Cathedral Basilica Ernakulam. The petitioners averred that the church remained closed due to dispute between rival factions and sought mediation involving eminent personalities such as the Archbishop of Ernakulam. The petitioner submitted that right to be a part of the Holy Mass was an important aspect of life for persons like himself and that they were considered to approach the government with the request for mediation so as to resolve the issues amicably. 
The government pleader, however, argued that since the crux of the matter pertained to conduct of holy mass in the church and the manner in which it had to be done, neither the state nor the chief secretary could intervene in the same. Respondents also contended that the controversy was exclusively within the realm of religious activities due to which the religious leadership had to arrive at a decision. They also said that a decision on the matter had already been taken by the Synod, which was approved by the Holy See at Vatican and that the petitioners could not seek any conciliation settlement against it. The court found merit in the submissions made by respondents. Justice Devan Ramchandran observed that the state or its functionaries could not intervene in the matter since the same was of a religious and not temporal nature. I hope you found this video informative and enjoyable. If you did, please consider giving it a thumbs up and sharing it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you won't miss any of our future content. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.